welcome to episode 44 of the Lace Up Podcast. I'm Steve Ellsworth. I'm Brett Dubuff. And the World Cup of Hockey is for real underway. Uh, we're going to talk about who we think are is going to advance to the knockout stage, uh, who we think will be heading home. Uh, we talked about X-Factors in our last episode. Uh, one of the X-Factors that I picked for Team Canada um, while isn't an X-Factor in the tournament at all, we'll explain on that and uh, why he's not playing. Um, and uh, we're also going to be talking about some other news. Apparently, Patches, according to reports, quote-unquote reports, is the worst captain in Habs history. Uh, we'll talk about that and what he had to say. Uh, and Ovechkin sounds off on a a batch of topics. We'll uh, tackle that as well. Um, first and foremost, we didn't do uh, some shout-outs uh, last week to those who wore number 43. So a quick shout-out to Marty Biron, Patrice Breezeball, Ryan Callan, who wore it for a time, Darren Helms, Scott Hartnell, Nazem Kadri. Um, a lot of a lot of uh, interesting personalities who wore number 44. Um, the subject of this episode, Todd Bertuzzi, uh, Dave Babich, uh, Rob Brown. This guy... In 1988-89 with Pittsburgh, got 115 points and scored on almost 30% of the shots that he took. Mm. Uh, unfortunately, didn't replicate those numbers ever again. Um, Ron Duguay, of course, had that um, glorious hairstyle uh, for many, many years. He wore number 44, as did uh, Rowan Amerlich. Guy Lafleur, believe it or not. Uh, Rob Niedemeyer, Pajot on the Sens, Jean-Gabriel Pajot. And who can forget Chris Pronger, of course, a number 44, pretty much for his entire career he wore that number. And uh, Stéphane Richet, uh, one of the 50-goal scorers the Habs have had in their history. Um, not even Pacioretty has reached 50 goals, um, but he is one of the few, and I think one of the last to do it. Uh, and Mark, Mark Edward Vlasic, Kimo Team, and Sheldon Sure, one of the more modern defensemen in our uh, time. Even though Sure hasn't played in, in quite some time, he, he got 26 goals and 64 points in his last year with the Habs. Um, so, anyways, uh, those are just some of the many players um, to wear number 44 in NHL history. So, uh, to all of those guys, this podcast is for you. It's time to lace them up. Here's Brett and Steve. Alright, so we have our social media section here. Um, we have... Um, sorry. Um, so there's Twitter, Laysome Podcasts. At Laysome Podcasts. Our Facebook is Laysome Up. Um, you can email us at Laysome upbag at gmail.com um you're probably listening to this on soundcloud uh follow us on there um and also uh don't forget to subscribe on itunes you just look us up on itunes lace them up um and just don't forget to rate us either um and rate honestly and rate honestly yeah um so the world cup is finally underway um 
Talk about it an just opening hockey. stunner, eh? I know, I know. Did you see that coming? I did not, uh, which we were about to talk about. So we're just going to predict uh, the entire tournament here um, to, for our World Cup preview, I guess. Um, although I guess we had a World Cup preview before, but whatever. This yeah, is the this, this one is, we're gonna this is the more yeah. official, yeah. yeah. Um, so yesterday, uh, the U.S. lost to uh, Europe. Uh, it was three nothing, and then Canada with Carey Price's first game back um, on the ice. Uh, he shut out the Czech. Um, it was six nothing, right? Yeah. Um, so. Uh, two shutouts yesterday. I believe uh, Group B plays this today. Um, yep. I'll be watching football for the most yep. part. Sweden but... <laughs> versus Russia, Finland, North America. Yeah, so by the time you hear this, uh, those games will already happen. But um, we're going to try to predict who will get out of Group A and who will get out of Group B. Um, it's funny because when, when I wrote this question, I, like, you know, I didn't expect Europe to beat USA. Um, so let alone kinda, shut them out. Yeah, I didn't let alone shut them out. So predicting, so now, like, I probably wouldn't have picked Europe to get out of Group A. But considering that happened, I think you got to put Europe um, instead of Canada. Europe and Canada are have to be out in the Group A just considering... How they both shut out their teams, those teams, um, yesterday. Well, yeah, it's it, it's just one game, but you, you, this is something. But this is a game that, that matters, you know. Well, it's 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 a game that matters, and it certainly could set the stage for how the rest yeah. of the tournament is going to go. Especially if you're the Americans, they get Canada next, right? So if they lose that, and all of a sudden they're zero two. They're in a pretty well. Big that, hole. That's my point. There's no, way, I don't think there's no way that USA is beating Canada. And, you know, they I may beat the, the Czechs. too good to count them out. I, I'm not going to count them out until they're down for the count. Right. But, uh, <laughs> You're a better beat, American than I am. Yeah, Canada beat them once, and they yeah. beat them rather convincingly. The game before that, though, the U.S. Yeah. got the best of Canada. So it, uh, it could go either way. And when you have the U.S., you know, backs against the wall, I, I yeah. think Jonathan Quick is too good. I think some of the guys they have are too good to be denied a second straight game. Mm. Um, and, and, and they mentioned on, on the broadcast that um, you, you look at um, the U.S. And in the 2014 Olympics in the semis, they got shut out one nothing, yeah. And then in the bronze medal game against Russia, I think it was, they got shut out 5 nothing, And now they get shut out 3 nothing by Team Europe. That's like three straight big tournament games where they've been shut out. Right. I highly doubt that's going to happen in a fourth game, and I certainly don't believe that they're going to lose a, a four straight game um, uh, like that in, in, in a convincing fashion. I think at some point they're going to break out, and if I'm Canada, well, I don't know. I feel like as well. First off, you're a better American than I am. Uh, congratulations <laughs> not, not on being really an American, American citizen. Um, secondly, um, I've. As they mentioned before, I don't know if you were watching... No, of course you weren't watching ESPN. But they were mentioning, like, how USA was built to beat Canada, but not to beat anyone else. Um, So I guess there is a chance that USA would beat Canada, but 
in my mind, I think Canada is like by far the best team out there. So I don't know if they're, um, I almost said country and then I realized Europe and North America aren't a country. Um, I, I just don't, I just don't see it happening. I think they will beat the Czech Republic, but this Europe loss is just brutal for them. I don't think they're getting out of Group A, and it, it's like it's a good thing from my perspective because um, it just is then it'll force the management to be like, huh, maybe we should have put in Phil Kessel, uh, Tyler Johnson, Justin Falk, a Bufflin, Kyle. Maybe we should have like had a better coach than John Tortorella. Maybe we should have put in Kyle Okposo. You know so. In a way, I'm kind of happy that they're they've they lost. It's like a shocker they uh, um, they lost to Europe, but Europe looked good. Um, it's uh, it's one of those things where um, when you like think about it, like they have a they have guys like Kopitar, Hosa, and Chara, and they, those three guys all know how to win. Um, in the NHL and, you know, and, and that experience matters, um, in that sense. Yeah. Um, yeah. You you, you look at, you look at the U S like I was just, I didn't watch the full game, but I watched the early portions of it. The first probably 10 minutes of the first period and pretty much all the third U S had some early lapses that, Europe took advantage of, including that first goal that came five minutes in. That kind of put them on, a heel, on their heels to an extent. And while Jonathan Quick didn't have to face too many shots, yeah. he made some timely saves in the third that if he doesn't make them, it's easily 4 nothing, 5 nothing game. Right. Um, and, and, and you look at... Um, you look at the U.S., like, they were pressing in the third period. They were really taking it to Europe. And they got... Uh, Alak made some timely saves. They got some friendly bounces, and the puck just wasn't bouncing their way. Yeah. And by then, you know, basically Team Europe was just sitting on that lead and just trying to hold the fort, and, and that was enough to, to take down the U.S. And and like you said, the Czech Republic's their next opponent. Don't forget, they beat Russia. They beat North America in the round robin. So they're no slouch either. I don't really take too much credence into the exhibition games. I actually didn't watch because of that. I felt like, why are we, why did they even do that in terms of, like, you know, just get to the round robin and all that stuff, but, yeah, I mean, like, and if any credence, like, Europe looks really bad in the exhibitions, um, and now they look pretty good, you know, so, um, I guess there's, like, a difference, um, in how they play now, um, I mean, although, uh, there was a guy on uh, Europe who uh, had a hat trick. Um, who was that guy? Uh, Europe had a oh Drysaddle. Yeah, Drysaddle had a hat trick. That, that was yeah. against Sweden. Yeah, right. In the free tournament play in their final game. Um, all right, let's go to Group B, which might be more of a um, contesting thing. Um, contestant, I don't know. Yeah. More contested. I yeah, can't I, think, I, just, I call it the group of death. It's probably yeah. the toughest group of the tournament. Yeah, because you could really go with any two teams here. Um, and, uh, you know, you may you may be right. Um, 
I don't know. Do you want to go first? I'm still trying to decide. <laughs> okay, I'm, I'm going to make probably the boldest prediction that's probably going to go up in flames in 10 seconds. Okay. I think Sweden's not going to win a game. Wow. I think they're going to go 0-3. Yeah, um, that's a little... At the very least, 0-1 and something, 0-2 and something. They're not going to win a game because they have Russia right off the bat. Um, and I was just watching that, that final tune-up game against Europe. Yeah, it's a tune-up game. Six goals against on 24 shots. I don't care how good your blue line is. I don't care if Eric Carlson's on that. If you can't keep the puck out of your net, it's very tough to win games. And I know Henrik Lundqvist is Henrik Lundqvist. But I just look at, at Russia and Finland and Team North America. If they were in the other group, I definitely think they have a chance of getting out there. I, I'm not quite sure how well Team Sweden's going to do. If they win a game, it wouldn't surprise me. Mm-hmm. But... I don't see him getting out of the round robin stage. I, I think, I think they're going to be early exits. I think you're taking too much into uh, what happened, the exhibition games. Um, I, I I don't know. I still think that Sweden's the best of these two of these four groups. Um, they, they were the only like uh, one that I had that like I was like pretty sure they were getting into the next round. Of these four, um, so so you don't think Sweden's getting in? Who do you who do you have getting out? Of the um, I, I like what I see from Team North America. Um, um, I saw Shifley dominate Kopitar in the faceoff. So he went four for five again. Exhibition play that's still pretty impressive. Yeah, I'm not sure what to think of their goalies. Though I don't see them getting out. I think Russia and Finland. And I think Finland okay. wins the group. I'm actually going to go with Sweden and North America. Um, okay. Yeah. So we're polar opposites. Then. We're polar opposites in this one. I think, uh, yeah, I mean, I guess goalie is a concern, but at the same time they have so much talent on the blue the blue line and forward group um, that I think it's going to help. And also it's not like Gibson and Murray are, like, terrible um, either. Um I mean, you do need experience, I guess, in the, things like this. I don't think they're getting out, like, I, th- I don't think they're, I think they're getting out in, like, the semis, but I think they um, they have what it takes to beat Russia, Finland, and Sweden um, in these prelims. Um, but I don't know if they'll go 3-0. Um, I think Sweden's the team to be here, though. Um, however, I wouldn't be surprised if Russia and Finland get out. Um, as well. Yeah, like I said, it's yeah. a very unpredictable group. I think both groups are extremely unpredictable because, like, yeah, in the exhibition, in a way. Play, again, exhibition play, yeah. no one finished the tournament undefeated. Every team lost at least once, and the only team not to suffer regulation loss was Russia. Right. So, like you said, anyone can beat everybody. It's the best on best tournament for a reason. True. Um, I'm not sure how this works. So, does. In the semis, does the one Group A play yeah, two top, Group B? Tops in Group A gets the second best in Group okay. B. Tops in Group B gets the second best in Group A. Okay. So we both, I forget who we both had for Group A. I said Canada and Europe. And you say Canada and U.S., right? Um, I said Canada U.S., yes. Okay. So... The U.S. lost their own one. I, I, yeah. I think somehow they're going to get out of it. Yeah. I mean, it, it just depends on how Europe does, because they have to lose to both Canada and Czech. 
Republic. Um, yeah, I, I think I think I don't know if that's going to happen. Probably, that's probably going to be their toughest test. But again, the the Czechs they Thomas Lacanz, that Wiley veteran, he had a great. Yep. Uh, he scored in all three of those pre tournament games. The second one was uh, equalizer in the dying seconds to force overtime, which they went on to win in a shootout. Third one turned out to be the eventual game winner. So I really like what he brings, and that tandem of Morasic and Neuwirth, like they, yeah, Neuwirth was shelved for six goals, but he was under siege for most of that mm. game. He made some great saves. So I really, I really think their their goaltending duo could be giant killers in this tournament. All right. Well, I don't know. But uh, uh, again, I, I don't. Will it be enough to get them out of it? I don't think so. But they're going to give teams a scare, that's for sure. All right. So considering we both have different teams in the semifinals, um, let's just, like, we just do, like, who we think is going to make the finals um, and then who's going to win. So we'll each make our own picks. Um, So I think Canada's going to beat North America. Um, although that that will be a juicy matchup, considering a lot of like half that North America is you know Canadian, um, and, and, but and quite a few of them say they're the most talented team in the tournament. Yeah, um, yeah, it's like it would be like a cool All Star game kind of thing. Oh yeah. Um, and then uh, and then I have Sweden and Europe, and I think Sweden beats Europe. Um, so then that's Canada, Sweden, and I think Canada wins. Um, I just think Canada's just too good in all aspects of hawk, of, of the game to, um, to lose. It's, it's really their tournament to lose here. Yeah. Um, I have Canada finishing first in Group A, taking out Russia, finishing second in Group B. Um, the Russians had some mental lapses in the pre-tournament play against the Czechs as well. Um, looked like they got too relaxed. They gave a little bit complacent. They gave Bobrovsky more than he might have bargained for. And the Czechs were able to take advantage of that in certain circumstances. And I think leaning on your goalie too much doesn't do well for the team structure. And I think if the Czech, if, uh, if Canada gets their foot on the gas and they don't let up, Russia's in trouble. And I think Canada beats them. Um, Finland is going to finish first in Group B. U.S. will somehow finish second in Group A. So Finland, U.S. and the other semi. It's going to go down to the last second. I think the Finns emerge victorious. Um, they've built a recent reputation of winning important games in various dramatic fashions. Ristolainen's OT winner to win gold on home ice at the 2014 World Juniors sticks out in my mind. Um, they beat Canada 6-5 in the quarters at last year's World Juniors. Um so I, I think it's going to be a dramatic finish. I think Finland pulls it off. And then you'll see a similar circumstance in the final. Canada, Finland, Finland wins. Finland? Oh, you're right. Yeah, you have Finland yeah, winning. I already Africa, said though. Finland was going to be Canada yeah. in the finals. But, uh, and, I'm, and I'm sticking with it. I just, just some, some of those guys on those teams that, yeah. that had dramatic fashions, Patrick Lane, Crystalane, yeah. and Zonair, just... They just they just have a flair for the dramatic. And, and honestly, this team... Can really, I'm just. This is this is a team that everyone should be afraid of. I'm just worried about their goalie situation. There, I'm not sure if Tuka, as much as I love him, I don't know if he's yeah. gonna be uh, 
on his game for the entire time. Really, yeah, there, there, there are two things yeah. that are concerned about the goaltending you just mentioned, but their power play. Yeah, that's true. Sherman played four for seventeen. Line only yeah. scored once. Your power play is built around getting Patrick Line the puck. But again, Patrick Line is Patrick Line. He he hasn't uh, given me a reason to doubt him yet. So I'm not going to doubt him. I think they're going to figure well, it out. Well, he but hasn't it, given. The question is: Is their power play the success of their power play? going to be outdone by their goaltending performance. So, yeah, it doesn't matter how many power play goals you score. Like I said, if you're Sweden, if you can't get the puck out of your net, you're at a great disadvantage. He hasn't given you doubts in your mind yet because he hasn't played a game in the NHL yet. So um. I, I've seen enough of him in international play, though, and, and I, I like what I see from him. I don't know. I don't think you can really... It's like... I don't know, just, like, if you're trusting a guy who hasn't played in the NHL yet, you you have some problems <laughs> there. But, okay, whatever, you, you're you very forward for it, I'm, I'm kind of against it, but whatever, we'll see. Um, yeah, so, uh, I guess that's our preview for, uh, the World Cup, uh, <laughs> we'll probably... Yeah. Yeah, like, like we mentioned in our, last, in yeah. our poll of the week last week, uh, I don't think too many people agree with me. I actually, I, I think yeah. I was the 1% that voted Finland. I, I sure. didn't even vote, but I know no one voted Finland. No, no. Um, yeah, I mean, I was just going to say, I think e- either way, um, unless the Czech wins, um, I think we're all going to... Um, every. Either one of us is going to be right <laughs> in yeah, our like, predictions. Like, like you said, this yeah. tournament is too close to call. Best on best tournaments. You never know what's yeah, going to yeah. happen. It's it's going to be a lot of fun to watch. That, that that's that true. We, that we do know. So that's that gives us into a new a good segue because uh, our poll of the week question was: What do you think of the World Cup? Um, we kind of touched on this last week, um, so I thought I should put this in a poll of the week. It turns out everyone agrees with us. Um, so the choices were, um, not the Olympics, but don't care. It's gimmicky, but hockey's back. I'm not watching it or other, uh, 92% said it was gimme, gimmicky, but hockey is back. Um, and then, uh, 8% said other. We also got a reply here from someone who, uh, who says, here's some better choices. Um, I don't even know if I should mention his name. Fine, I will. His, his uh, Twitter handle is at RyanVXYZ. Um, here's some better choices. Hated a lot. Hated normal hate level. Hated a little. Disliked. He didn't understand the poll's intent. Um, I thought it was pretty clear, but um, I guess it's not that much. Um, but either way, it was a lopsided poll of the week question. I um, will try to do better next time <laughs> in terms of embracing debate. So uh, we'll see. Um, yeah, I don't know if you have anything for that. but um, no, it's, It wouldn't surprise you. It is gimmicky. Yeah. I mean, the North America and the Team Europe, that's about as gimmicky as it gets. Uh, again, the advertisements, I don't know if people saw this, but you know, various camera angles... Um, yep. You see, you know, the regular ads, but then yeah. you, you go on to, like, um, um, left-to-right angle, uh, side-to-side, um, 
on, on the screen and there's a bunch of like visual ads on there. At least it was on, on the sports net so that we get in Canada. And, and, and the, the commissioner, Gary Bettman said, that's gonna, that was going to be a pilot project they're going to put on throughout the tournament. So it's, yeah. it's a gimmick, but again, it's hockey, it's entertaining and people are going to watch entertaining hockey. So. Speaking of gimmick, uh, or Bettman, uh, gimmick, but Bettman, Bettman was saying that this is the first time since 2004 that there's been international play, um, which is kind of a weird thing to say considering, um, you know, the Olympics. Yeah. But, um, because but, he was just saying, like, yeah, the NHLPA and the NHL haven't gotten along, you know, since, like, 2004. And I was just like, uh, the Olympics? No? All right. Um, I guess he uh, he's trying to make us forget about the Olympics, um, which is kind of funny. Yeah, as, as you'll find out from Ovechkin, yeah. it's not fine. <laughs> That's not happening, yeah. Um, all right, so now we're on to the rapid fire, kind of a short week this week. Um, notable topics, though. Yeah, notable topics, though, that's true. Um, so the first one is Sagan is likely to be out for long. Uh, Spoiler he was, alert, he was my X-Factor on Team Canada. Oh, yep, so that's true. So that's pretty much that. Remember when we were saying <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. Johnny Hockey last, year in the, uh, last week in the contract talks and the odds that was... About yep. an hour's the time that it would all be resolved. No, it, it wasn't that. That's still unresolved. What did happen is that Tyler Sagan's not playing in the tournament. Yep. So that that kind of messed up my Canada prediction. On but the I mean, you still. I mean, Canada is still doing well. Um, well I, yeah, forget, I mean, yeah. Claude Drew was the extra skater right. um, against the Czechs. Uh, yeah. That, that was sitting in the press box. And yeah. Opie, the reigning Besno winner, was in the stands as well. So. Right. That's how deep they are. Um, you can't. You also can't hate. Um, oh, uh, what was I going to say? Uh, Taylor Hall still hasn't been called up from Canada. He's also like he, He's probably one of the best left wingers in the game, um, and he's not being used for Canada. I mean, Logan Couture is on the team. The last time he played for Canada internationally was at the under eighteen World yeah. Juniors in 07. But um, but anyway, so Sagan's out for long. It looks it's not clear how long, but he has a hairline fracture in his heel. Uh, he had an MRI yesterday, um, so that's likely maybe a month. Um, so I guess this kind of brings about. I guess all these Dallas Stars fans are going to be like, "Why did we have this World Cup?" Um, questions and all that debate here. But, yeah, um, and, and what's what's interesting is that apparently he, held, he kept the severity of the injury hidden yeah. until it became too. Yeah, he to tried play. to he tried to play apparently, but he couldn't. He just couldn't. Yeah, he, um, he was playing in in the tune, second tune of game against the U.S. and, yeah. and, that, and that was that. Um, I I don't know how much time exactly it takes to recover from these kind of injuries. But I'm thinking with an injury to your heel, a hairline fracture in your heel, yeah. um, even if you're back in about a month or two's time, however long he's out for, you, you got to wonder if this is going to nag, keep nagging at him for the rest of the year. And yeah, if it does, well. how much is it going to impact his performance? True. I mean, it's also... It's going to be bad news for my fantasy team this year. Right. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's, uh, it's one of those... Like, 
when I think about it, it's like Sagan has... He's been injured for the past couple of years, right? He was injured last year, and I think the year last before. Year, yeah. um, and I think the year before... Um, so this is like his third injury in three years. Um, it's unfortunate, of course, but um, these things happen, I guess. Um, all right. Uh, Michelle Terrian had some interesting comments on Pacioretty um, the other day. Reportedly. Yeah, this is the... Well, I'll, I'll get to it. I'll say my opinion after. So he claims that he's the worst captain in Habs history. Uh, This is one of those stories that I'm not even sure if it's true or not. Um, I'm not even sure who, why would they make it up if this were, weren't true. But like, it just seems so like crazy, such a crazy opinion to have um, that I'm not even sure if this is like, maybe it was taken out of context. Maybe it's, um, you know, maybe he just said it when he was drunk or something, but like, you know, just, just the fact that he's the worst captain in Habs history. Um, so speaking of which, I just looked up the, a list of the Montreal Canadiens captains, um, here. Um, there are a couple of captains that, uh, Matt Pacioretty is better than, um, in 1933, uh, there's a number of them. There's three, Times, uh, George Hainsworth, Bill Dernan, and Bouchard, Bouchard um, who had zero points um, in their season when they were captains. Uh, they played, you know, 36 games, uh, 59 games, and 48 playing games. So I would assume they were injured. Oh, oh, actually, two of those guys were goalies. But, ah. um, <laughs> but one of them, Butch, Butch Bouchard, who is uh, who played thirty six games at zero points? Zaku Kovu had two points in three games once, although I think that was the time when he had cancer um, in two thousand one. Um, so that doesn't count. There's a guy Walt Buswell on nineteen thirty nine to the forty season who played forty six games and had four points. Um, I could go on and on about this. But um, <laughs> the point being that um, I don't think Patches is the worst captain um, in Habs history, if in case you thought he was, <laughs> Steve. Yeah, it, honestly, when when I'm when I'm looking at this, I'm just like, okay, the worst captain in Habs history. Is there anyone on your team that would be a better captain than Patches? Or anyone that you just uh, traded away, how about? Exactly. So, it, it, I honestly, right now, Patches is the best guy they got. So deal yep. with it. And, and honestly, you're, you're looking at guys, you know, all the famous house players that play for this team, Guy Lafleur, Maurice Richard, Henri Richard, not all of John them were captains. John Belleville. But, you know, they were, they were born leaders, and, and they – they took their teams to the next level. Patch Reddy is not a Jean Belleville, a Maurice Richard, a Henri Richard. Yet. He's not any of those guys. Yeah. So, of course, it would it would make no sense to me in the worst captain in Habs history because 
is not going to be the best captain in Habs history. Like, that's all yeah. putting expectations. Patch Ray's just got to be patch ready. He's got to lead yeah. this team in, in his own way. Right. And the fact of the matter is he scored at least 30 goals in four of his last five seasons. A lockout season, which he didn't score 30 goals. He was scoring at a 30-goal pace. Um, and even that wasn't enough to, to get him absolved from these from these rumors. Um, and, and you look at the comments from John Tortorella last week that he wanted to see more from the Habs captain. And I'm just looking at the way he addressed this on Thursday. He addressed both concerns. Here's what he had to say on Tortorella's comments. He was asked a question, and I'm quoting here. He was asked a question, so he answered it. I've learned from my time in Montreal that when things like this happen and it get blown out of proportion, it makes you closer. I've had a lot of good talks with him since then, and I know that wasn't his intention to throw me under the bus. Here's what he had to say about Tarion. There are worse lists to be on, and I'd say being on a list of Montreal Canadiens captains is a good list to be on. I promise, and here's the key part here, I promise this team will be on board and that everyone's going to be on the same page this year. I've spoken to Michel many times. I've spoken to him since since those reported comments, quote-unquote, were made. I have spoken with the guys on this team, and we're all on the same page. We're going to show that we're all on the same page this year, coaches, management, and players. He's handling it the right way. Everything he's saying, he's handling it the right way. And he might not be the best captain, but that sounds like a good captain to me. True. Yeah, you you said it there. Uh, Yeah, I don't think he's, like, I don't think anyone expects him to be the best captain in the world, especially on the Montreal Canadiens, who have such a storied history like this. But um, he's definitely not the worst captain in franchise history either. Also, he's only been captain for one year, so it's exactly. like it's exactly. not uh, you can do it. I think the more interesting thing here is that, um, in a way, PK Subban should be the captain, um, and instead we have uh, you trade that guy away, um, and instead you have this coach who's like who just hates everyone, um, and you know, and that's what. Uh, um, Blanking on the GM, um, Ber- yeah, Ber- Bergevin was uh, like he ch- basically chose Tyrion instead of PK Subban, and now he has this mess to deal with with like Tyrion like attacking the captain of the team. Um, so uh, it's like if I'm if I'm a Bergevin, I'm like just like trying to like crawl into my own grave or whatever, you know, it's just like, um, cave, I guess, I don't know what the word, the phrase is there, but, like, this is a disaster on Bergevin's part, just because you can't have this happening, um, like, you know, and, and P.K. Subban probably should have been captain, um, but, you know, I guess, uh, I think the only time... I think the only time everyone in Montreal gets on your case is when the team is not winning. True. If they are not winning, that will be the final straw. Michel Therrien will be history in, yeah. in Montreal for the second time. Yeah, and I wouldn't be... He hasn't gotten to that yeah. point yet, but the day they start losing, and losing often, is the day Michel Therrien's out of here. And that could happen sometime this year. 
Um, yeah, and the Habs fans are hoping yeah. are hoping that doesn't happen because they're hoping by getting Shea Weber that they're just going to magically start winning and be invincible yeah. and be the team that everyone thought they'd be last year. And if that but, doesn't happen with Shea Weber, then they're going to be like, well, why do we trade P.K. Subban? Mark Bergman, what were you thinking? Right. You, you traded P.K. Subban and favored Michelle Therrien, and now yeah. Michelle Therrien is gone, and P.K. Subban is gone, and we're terrible. So, right. It hasn't but, gone to that point, and Habs fans are thinking, Bergman, I don't know what you're doing, but this better work. We better start winning. You are forgetting the X factor that Carey Price is in net now. So. Well, yeah, and if he stays and then if he's healthy, that's the other thing, unfortunately. True. And that's all, that's what all of this is probably going to hinge on. Yeah, and that's I true. I think they're hoping with Shea Weber on the back end is that even if Price gets hurt, maybe they'll hopefully be maybe not better off, but maybe they'll be able to handle it a bit better than they did last year. Yep. And it was just last year when Price was hurt, it's not like they were getting blown out of the water. They were losing quite a few one-goal games that they would have won if Price was in the net. But yep. they just couldn't seem to get out those one-goal games with Mike Conn in the net. And that's not because Conn's a bad goalie, not because Scrivens was a bad backup. It's just that none of them are Carey Price. Yeah, that's true. I feel like Carey Price it can like pretty much save the franchise. Yeah. Um, he's like literally carrying them on their back. Um and, and that's what good goalies do. Sometimes yeah. they disguise weaknesses on your team, and they were exposed big time last year. True. Um, all right. Uh, so Ovechkin had some quotes this week. Um, I'll just get right to it. So this is on the. Uh, he was asked if he's going to play in the 2018 Olympics, and Ov goes. I'll go play in the 2018 Olympics. If somebody says to me, you can't play, see ya. Maybe I won't be in the NHL. Maybe I'll be retired then. Um, so this, we kind of already knew this already, but like, this is just saying that if, um, yeah, if, oh, if the uh, NHL and the IOC can't, work on an agreement, Ovechkin's just going to leave, and we knew this was going to happen. I, I don't suspect, I think, I would assume or imagine that most players would um, would just, like, ignore what the NHL was saying and just go out to, the, um, to South Korea, but um, we'll have to see. Um, this doesn't shock me, though, that Ovi said this. No, it doesn't because, you know, he's speaking the minds of several Russian players. Yeah. Like, Russians are very, 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 very passionate about playing for Russia in the Olympics. And Ovechkin has shared some of these feelings in the past before. It doesn't surprise me that he said any of this at all. He's yeah. just echoing what he said a year or two ago. Yeah. He, he will do whatever he can to play in the Olympics. If the NHL is not supporting it, he's going to go play in the Olympics. Yeah. It, it doesn't surprise me. He's just reiterating his point. Yep. Um, he also had, uh, and, not, and also like, look at his NHL numbers other than winning a Stanley cup. What else has he got to prove to anybody? Well, yeah, Stanley cup, but yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's the only thing. Um, well, maybe Olympic goal, but yeah, other than that, that's the only thing. And I think I, I, I it's a toss up between Stanley cup and Olympic goal. What does he want more? Yeah, that is a, yeah, that is a question though. I wonder if you like, cause I, I was thinking about this when I was watching the uh, men's basketball um, in the Olympics this year. It's like, would players rather 
win an Olympic gold or win an NBA championship. I think most NBA players would pick the championship. Um, although I think like Carmelo said recently said that he'd rather win the Olympic gold for whatever reason, just because of the competition. Um, but like in terms of for hockey players, I think it's like it's uh, it's uh, half and half. Uh, like half would probably say the cup, and half uh, the other half would probably say the gold medal, um, just because of how storied the history of the Olympics is ingrained in our. Um, in hockey, you know, so, um, yeah. Yeah. Um, Um, that's, that's, that's fair. I think, I think Canadians, the ultimate prize would be to win the Olympics because only a select few, you know, get a chance to be a part of an Olympic team, let let alone win. Right. But I mean, you Um, still have to think, think, I think everyone's goal when they get, if they make it to the NHL is to win the Stanley Cup at some point in their career. Yeah, I think so. That's true. I just, you know, I don't know. Yeah, it's a, it's a weird question to ask, I guess, but um, I think either or for that. Um, so uh, Ovechkin was also critical with the NHL. In another quote, he says, uh, in terms of the playoff format, he thinks it's kind of weird. Um, quote, you win President's Trophy, but you see a schedule in the playoffs is kind of weird because you play first team in fourth, then you play against Pittsburgh, not like Islanders or different teams play against each other. And you think, why do you need to win the President's Trophy to play against best team? It's kind of weird, but nothing you can do. It's over. It's past. Now we're looking forward. Of course, that was broken English. But what do you, it's, you get the point. Um, yeah, I mean, he has a point here, too. It's it's kind of weird how, um, like, a lot of the best matchups are in the first round. Um, but it is, like, it is kind of cool, too, in the same sense that it's, like, builds up rivalries in a different way. It's kind yeah. of forcing teams to build up a rivalry. But I see what he's saying. It's like... If you win the president's trophy, you should play the worst team in the uh, in the conference, not like uh, a team that you know that's um, you know like that yeah not like a, the second best team in the second round kind of thing. So yeah, um, and yeah, you know it's like like a lot uh, you know the the. The rebuttal I have to that is, look at the 2006 Red Wings President's Trophy champions. They get bounced by the Oilers in six games. Right. They weren't necessarily the best team, but they beat the best team, and they ended up yeah. just happened to go to the Stanley Cup Finals. That's second. true, I guess. So, I mean, you're yeah, right. you're, he's right about one thing. You know, what's the point of winning the President's Trophy? Because anyone can beat anybody in the playoffs. Right. Um, but, but that's... Yeah, like, the, the NHL... I. Like what can you do to change the? What more can you do to change the playoff format? Even if you change the playoff format, there's going to be another team saying, you know, what, why do we have to face this team in round two? Well, yeah. I I don't think it's because, changing. You know, the, the stains are so insane. Like you might have the best team on paper, they might yeah. have an off year, and you know they'll finish like, you know, in, in the bottom echelon of the conference uh, as far as playoff teams go, and then and then all of a sudden they just catch fire in the playoffs. There's not much you can do about that. I mean, it's it's hockey. 
Deal right. with it. You're, if, if you want to be the best team and you're facing the second best team, then beat the second best team. That's yeah. how you become the best. That's true. But, I mean, I think he's just referring to the times back in, back before this past lockout where it was like one verse eight, two verse seven, three verse yeah. six, four verse five. Um, so you could go back to that way. I think the main, isn't the main reason why they, I think there's two reasons why uh, the NHL has this playoff format right now is one, because it increases the wild, uh, the, um, the rivalries of, you know, in the division. Um, so you have that. And then also, two, more importantly, um, the Western Conference only has 14 teams. The Eastern has eight, uh, 16 teams. Soon, um, you know, the Western will have 15 teams. Um, and probably soon after that, it'll have 16 teams. So I think at that point, then... You can go back to the one verse eight, two verse seven, three, uh, three verse six, whatever, um, because it's more even that way. Um, yeah, I, I think I think this this creates the rivalries. I honestly don't know what you can do to make the playoff system better. Right now, you know, it's you, you see how entertaining the playoffs are. And, you see how competitive the wild card races are because every game matters now. Because yeah. you could be, you know, in the one versus eight system, you could be a playoff team. But if you're in a stat division like the Metropolitan or the Central and you're fighting for your life every single night, every single game becomes important. And that leads to entertaining hockey because everyone's chasing one another. So it, it, it's, is it a gimmick? It, I would say so. Is, is it necessarily fair to some players? No. But at the end of the day, uh, the the only way you can probably get in the playoffs is you control your own destiny and win hot games. If you got the team to do it, good for you. You're in. If you don't, well, then then you learn from it. It's I either way. This this sometimes this is how life works. And and like you said, the, the only way you become the best is if you beat everybody else. And yeah. and the Caps are the Caps are well on their way to do that. I think they can do it this year. They just need to keep improving. They just need to keep learning. Because eventually they're going to have to break through. And I think if they don't break through, I think it's their own fault. Yeah, that's true. That's a good point. Um, all right. Uh, last... there's, also, there's also one more quote that Ovechkin, um, oh, yeah. Canada Russia was playing in Pittsburgh for the final tune-up game. The Russians got the Penguins locker room. Ovechkin commenting what it's like to be in the same locker room as Crosby's Penguins. It feels weird. Yes. Yeah. Yes, Sylvie. Yes, it does. Uh, I don't know if did you see that uh, comment that Crosby and Malkin. Speaking of that game, Crosby and Malkin were playing against each other. <laughs> um, no, I don't think I saw that one. Hold on, let me uh, look it up. Um, it might take a bit though. Um, there was a funny quote that Crosby said on Malkin. Um, It was something, um, uh, all right, whatever, uh, I'll, uh, I'll look it up eventually, but we can, we have to get going, I think. Um, so, uh, Andrew Ference is retired, um, he, uh, 
He was, uh, you know, the Edmonton Oilers captain for a bit. He was, of course, on the 2011 Boston Bruins team. So thank you, Andrew Ference. Um he, he was actually, he was on the booth. I don't know if he was on Canada um, Canada TV during the playoffs, but for um, for a, um, during NBC, he was on NBC for a bit on during the playoffs, and he was he was actually pretty good. So I could I could see him in, in the future being a, a analyst yeah. uh, somewhere in um, on NBC. Maybe he even goes to uh, Nesson. Uh, that would be interesting. But yeah, um, yeah he was good. For a time, um, and then he just kind of, uh, as he got older, he couldn't do these things that he could before. So, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. This this one of the one of the final things he had to say. Um, direct quote here: "I got 16 years, and I don't feel I missed out on anything. The people close to me walk on eggshells until I tell them it's okay. I told my wife it's like graduating from high school. You go there, have a blast." All these great parties. By the time you've reached the end of high school, you say, okay, I'm ready for the next step. You have fond memories, and if I hadn't won the Stanley Cup in 2011, that would be tough to swallow now. Um, in case you didn't know, he's got a degree from the one and only Harvard University in Corporate Sustainability, and he also remains heavily involved in environmental issues. So he's he's got a busy life ahead of him, even though he's not playing in NHL anymore. But, uh, yeah, 16 years, that's a long NHL career playing over 1,000 games. And, of course, like you said, one is Stanley Cup. So um, I don't think he has any regrets. Um, all right. So I found the the, the uh, quotes. So okay. The, the, the quote of what? Crosby and Malkin? Or yeah, Crosby and Malkin. Okay. So uh, there's two quotes. So uh, this is before the game. Malkin's quote on if he and Crosby can talk during games. And then uh, Malkin goes, not much. Sid talked too much every game, you know. He talked too quick for me. Actually, when he's mad, I not understand. Um, and then, Cros- so this is after that game. Crosby goes, hold on. Um, so I tweeted these out. So, uh, you, oh, wait, I had it. Uh, oh, right, here it is. Uh, so, uh, so a Malkin won five of their ten face-offs when they were facing yeah. off each other. So uh, Sid goes, check the replay on a couple. He was sideways on a couple. Don't know who he learned that from. <laughs> uh, so I thought that was funny. Um, all right. Uh, there's also Bruins sends news. Uh, the Bruins got, um, you know, they changed. Uh, John Ferguson is now the GM of uh, Providence now. Um, and for those of you who don't know, he was the GM of the Leafs at the time. They pulled yep. off that Tuca to Boston trade. Yep. Um, I and then you were you were going to talk about how Providence has made the playoffs for a couple of years, but yeah. never always failing in that. Um, I don't take too much stock in that, but we do have a good farm system. Yeah, yeah um, the baby, the yep. baby Bruins last year they were forty-one, twenty-two, yep. and thirteen. Three points behind Hershey for first in their division, in the Atlantic Division, the AHL. Then they got swept in three games by Wilkes-Barre to Scranton, losing all three in overtime. 
That's a heartbreaker. Yeah. Uh, the year before that, 2014-2015, they were 41-26-9, second in the Atlantic, toppled in round one by the Hartford Wolfpack, um, thanks to a heartbreaking OT loss in a deciding game five. And uh, the first round, it's a best of five, by the way. So game five, in that case, is like game seven. Yeah. Um, 2013-2014, 40-25-11, made the playoffs, made it out of round one, but then lost to the Penguins in a one-goal game seven nail-biter in round two. Uh, so a lot of young talent, obviously, on this team. Playoff material for the past couple of years. Haven't been able to get uh, deep in the playoffs and get things done. Uh, a time of year when every play and every mistake matters. And I know it's the AHL, but you have to instill a winning culture in the minds of young players. And these type of talents who are expected to help the big bad Bruins win games down the yeah. road, they're going to need that winning culture. And you need to give them confidence. You need to turn them into leaders. So, again, AHL championships aren't the be-all be and end-all of your franchise, but if you can win a couple and you can get these players up to the big leagues yeah. and help the current team in the NHL you know, win that ultimate prize, it, it starts with these building blocks. I mean, you look at the Bigmans and Senators, they won the uh, 2013 Calder Cup, I believe it was, and you have some of the players on the current Ottawa Senators that were on that roster yeah. and, and helping that team win. So yeah, that's, that's, a good, that's what I'm talking about. That is a good point, but I will say that Bruce Cassidy who was the Providence Bruins coach for the past couple things, he's now going to be the assistant coach to the Boston Bruins. Okay. So he's supposed to help um, transition all those guys who were on Providence, who were successful, um, into the big leagues. Um, but of course, as you're saying, it's not like the playoffs. Um, so we'll, we'll see on that. Um, also, the conditioning coach, John Whitesides, who is like known as this hard-ass guy, um, I don't know. I know you don't like swearing on these, on this program, but I couldn't think of a better word. Um, but, uh, yeah, he was let go. Um, we'll see if, uh, I don't know. I assume they'll get a conditioning coach. Um, and then you have some sense news too. Um, yeah. Involving a former Bruin and former Canuck of all people, Matt Bartowski yep. signed to a PTO on Friday, likely competing for the final defensive spot if he makes the team. Uh, last Prior to last season, he had 24 NHL points, all of which were assists, all of which came with the Bruins. First and only season with Vancouver, he finally scored a goal, actually ended up finishing the year with six goals, and finished with 18 points in 80 games. Yeah, he was some minus 19, but to be yep. fair, Lucas Spiza's plus five was <laughs> third best on Vancouver last year. Right. So perhaps he should be cut some slack in that department. Also, Daniel Alfredson is a Canadian citizen. Um, made it official in Friday at a ceremony in Toronto, of all places. Uh, named a Canadian citizen in Toronto. Uh, also, apparently, uh, his favorite band, U2, uh, the lead singer, uh, Bono, was actually... Uh, I heard he was in Montreal for something. So I wonder if he made a pit stop to Montreal and got to see his idol. Probably not, but uh, eh, you never know. Uh, fun. That's, that's, pretty much, that's pretty much all the report on the Suns. Fun not question. Much. How many goals did Matt Bartaski get when he was a Bruin? Uh, zero. Yep. Yeah. Although he had one goal in the playoffs, but that doesn't count. Oh, did he? Yeah. Okay. But, yeah, and then regular, he had... Regular season goals, no. No, no regular season goals. 
And then he he did have yeah he did have one in the playoffs and he had six in Vancouver last year which is six kind of in funny. Vancouver yes um all right I just thought, I thought that was a funny yeah, stat I, I think yeah. I think I remember his mom was in intense yeah. to to see his first career NHL goal and she just she yeah. just lost it she couldn't believe it. she was so happy so. um yeah it's uh it's funny because he he spent he was on the team for four years um he's He's a he is a def, decent defenseman. He could be better though, but um, he'll he'll be a good depth guy for you guys. Yeah. I think we like. Um, all right, I guess that's it. Uh, I thought this was gonna be even shorter, but we made it to fifty five minutes. Um, I'm Brett Dubuff. I'm Steve Ellsworth. We'll talk again in episode forty five of the Lace Mob Podcast. <laughs>